Okay, three, two, one. Oh, no, not three, two, one. Ahoy! I'm the comic book hunter, also known as just Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And welcome to Hero Story episode 111. Welcome. This is a make a wish episode, I guess. Uh, for those of you just joining us on a Hero Story, Hero Story is a podcast all about superhero, going from comic books to live action to. All the sort of movies, animation, gaming, you name it, we probably talk about it, ranging from Marvel and DC. Uh, we usually start off with the news of the week, going over all the sort of news that's, that's happened since last Friday to today. After that, we go over the comics of the week. This week's comics are, well, the big one is Batman 3 Jokers issue 2. We also have Red Hood number 49. And there was a Batman Superman annual and a Batman Joker War one-shot, I believe, that JD sort of read. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Bat- Batman the Joker Warzone one-shot. Okay, there was also a uh, Death Metal tie-in. I think it's called Multiverse Madness. We didn't read it, but we know a lot about it, so we might briefly talk about it, I suppose. But until then, we'll go over the news of the week. But before that, we have a comic, as we talked about last week, and it is now up on Indiegogo. It's officially live, and it is doing fantastic so far. So thank you, everyone who's donated so far. You've done so much. You've helped us so much just to make this possible yeah it's been it's been a real honor um you know we've been talking about this for months now so uh you know we've known all about it all along obviously making it and you know there's been a lot of stress of you know me and hunter going back and forth of like oh god what do we set the goal at how much money (laughs) can we actually raise basically i'm the warrior of like oh no i don't think we can make it and hunter like full send let's do it (laughs) so uh I, i think it speaks a lot about our personalities but uh it's been it's been a, a great success so far. We're we're at about seventy percent of our goal, one thousand four hundred dollars out of two thousand, which is uh, amazing for just what are we four days in, five days in? Uh, we will uh, when this episode comes out, we'll be a weekend. A weekend, yeah. So yeah. we're we're doing great. Um, it'll be awesome to hit a hundred percent and hopefully go over a hundred percent. I was looking through Indiegogo of like other campaigns that you know hit one hundred and thirty percent, one hundred and fifty percent, two hundred percent. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stride, our boy, uh, our boys at Stride. So, uh, yeah. So if if you know if we could go over the goal, that's amazing. If we could hit our goal, it's amazing. It's just it's been a great experience so far, and I'm very thankful to everyone who's been able to uh, help us along in this campaign, and anyone who uh, is going to help us along on this campaign because I know some of you are waiting. And uh, yeah, just I appreciate all the support. It's been uh, very heartwarming. It has been. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't expect it to get this much in this short time. Because it's only been a week, basically, by the time this episode's out. So we still have a bit less than a month, I guess, at this point. But we're going hard. We're going strong. Like, we're going really fast. And it's really exciting seeing people donate practically every day. And we have a ton of backers up. We This book should be out by January. We're hoping it might be a little bit further than that, like February. But we're hoping January. That's our goal. Working on it every day. And extras is sold out thank you for everyone who purchased perk six it's now sold out so those who purchased it will be drawn in the book i've already drawn one person as of now (laughs) but you know process book's not out yet but yeah we're really excited to share this story that we came up with you guys so stay tuned for more details and if you haven't seen it go to our indiegogo page just go to indiegogo look up the price of hero pays or just look up a hero story we have an account on there and you'll be able to find our book 
Yeah. 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 You can look on Instagram as well. We have, we, I have the link mm-hmm. in my bio. I think you have it in yours on yep. the Hero Story Instagram. Uh, it's also on our website, HeroStoryComics.com. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get the link to it right there. So uh, very accessible. And uh, yeah, yeah. If, you could take a ch- if you could take a chance on us, donate, that we would very much appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It is a printed comic. So if you do donate, uh, depending on the perk, but if you do donate, good chance that you will have a printed comic shipped to your door. Uh, we're doing just North America at the moment, but if you are living in Australia, send us a message at a hero story and we may be able to still provide a physical copy to you. Besides that, digital copies worldwide, I believe. So we'll send you. Yeah, and, and it'll also be on Comixology eventually as well. So. Yes. Likely, hopefully opening week when the book starts to ship up, it'll be on Comixology. For those who don't want to donate, but still want to read the comic eventually down the road, it'll be up there for hopefully forever. So... <laughs> Until then, thank you, and let's get to episode 111 of A Hero Story. Starting with the news of the week, which is uh, live-action yeah. news. Miss Marvel has been casted by a known actress, Ayman Velami. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. She is a teenager playing a teenager, not a 27-year-old playing a high schooler, so I'm happy about that. A lot of movies tend to do that here and there. It looks like they're casting her to grow into the role, probably going to be part of the MCU for a long time that's what i imagine at least miss marvel is a major character in the comics and she's only been around for about i want to say eight years now could be a little bit off there well but... well as i was gonna say it's crazy that miles morales and miss marvel who are characters who have existed for less than 20 years combined i would say are both making their appearances in uh various forms of media it's awesome uh yeah i wish i could say the same thing for dc for some characters who are more staples who have not appeared yet <laughs> Wally West. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really cool that we're uh, getting to see that in live action. I'm, I'm not too familiar on all the Miss Marvel stuff. Uh, so I've read her first uh, volume. We'll see. I'm going to have to do some more reading before yeah. the show comes out. I've read her first volume. I've read Outlawed. I've read her in several different books. Civil War two, unfortunately, but she does have a good scene in that where she stops Captain Marvel. Uh, played the Avengers games, so she's very accurate and all that. Uh, I've read a little bit of Champions, so I feel like I know a decent amount of Miss Marvel to be able to understand some references that'll be in the Disney Plus show. Did you see uh, that the actress who's going to be playing Miss Marvel, uh, someone found her Letterboxd account, which is like the movie rating <laughs> yes. app, and she gave Captain Marvel a 2 out of 5? Oh, that was, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean... She's being honest, and at the time, I'm sure she reviewed, she didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> Listen, we, 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 we respect an honest rating. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hopefully your Disney Plus series will take off and be very successful. More casting news. Uh, Hawkman was casted for the Black Adam movie. It is Aldous Hodge. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Aldous Hodge will be playing Hawkman so, in the you, Black you Adam movie. You got two tough pronunciations today. Uh, I'm glad that you took it, not me. I feel like I, I nailed it, though, but you never know. I'll <laughs> have to wait and see. Maybe. I mean, someone's probably going to message us and tell us that you're wrong, but you know. Yeah, That's probably. how things go here. I'm waiting for it. The Rock put on his Instagram a little story of how it happened. The Rock saw his audition tape, thought it was fantastic. Called Aldous, I think, to uh, explain that he got the job. He played it as if it was a prank call, being like, oh, hey, man, is this Aldous? I'm just a big fan kind of thing. But And the guy was like, man, who is this? And he's like, this is Dwayne Johnson. Are you ready for Black Adam? And I guess you hear him just screaming in the background because, I mean, he's he's a superhero now. And he, although it, this movie takes place in the past, Hawkman's one of those characters that 
lives forever through regeneration, and so we might see him again in future movies. Maybe he'll get Hawkgirl too, which I don't believe will be in the Black Adam movie. I think they're just focusing on Connor for this one. So, we'll have to wait and see, but what do you think of the casting? Have you seen him in anything? I I didn't recognize just by name. I didn't look at his billing, though. Do you know any movies he's been in? No. <laughs> I should have looked it up. Okay. I... I I doubt I've seen anything with him in it because I, I just don't even I didn't even recognize him when I saw a picture of him. But uh, yeah, listen, if The Rock uh, says that it's going to be good, I trust that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Trustworthy person. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Filming should. I thought filming was this week, but because The Rock was talking to me like, oh, I'm ready for Black Adam. I'm filming something this week, but he's filming a different movie. So I guess this is his last movie until Black Adam begins production. There's still a few more members of the JSA that are going to be in this movie that they have to cast. So until then, we'll keep you guys updated here on the show. Uh, Nick Fury is getting his own Disney Plus series, or starring in a Disney Plus series. Samuel Jackson will be reprising his role to play his first TV role in who knows how long as Nick Fury in a Disney Plus show. It didn't say if the show was going to be called like Nick Fury or if it's fully about Nick Fury. He's just going to be the lead of the show. Um... What are your thoughts? I don't know why, but when I heard it, it sounded very surprising to me just because he's just such a big actor, so yeah. he didn't really seem to fit. Um, like, I'm actually trying to think of... I, I just looked up, you know, some of his TV billings, and the last time he was actually in a show... Who, I don't yeah. know. I don't even see... I, I see, like, Law, he was on an episode of Law & Order, I guess. I think he made <laughs> um, a cameo and maybe Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I could be wrong about that. Oh no! Yeah, he was. He did make a cameo in Agents Shield. I'm probably I'm probably wrong. <laughs> you're gonna get corrected again. It's a cameo, so if I could just be making this up though. Um, yeah, he is such a big actor, but Disney Plus shows they have the budget of a, a movie in the end, so I can see maybe why he probably got paid. He's probably getting paid a lot over this. Uh, I feel like Marvel might be putting a little too much hope on these Disney Plus shows. To be honest, we haven't I seen any of the shows yet well well and i think the problem may end up being the oversaturation of the shows so like with the marvel netflix shows i thought like the early shows were like you know amazing and stuff and then as they kind of kept expanding kept doing more seasons the quality kind of dipped you oh, know yeah. I, I felt yeah. i felt like when iron fist which i only watched a few episodes of and uh defenders came out they were not very well received as opposed to like when daredevil and luke cage came out you know so i so when i feel like out, yeah so i feel like you know there's kind of like you get to the point where it's over expansion and like i don't know are, are these going to be ongoing shows or are these going to be kind of like mini series because if they're mini series i think it's a good call if you're doing like something that's only going to be like three to six episodes like i think that could be really good of like keeping people filled in the background of the mcu but if it's going to be like five seasons of nick fury yeah. i don't know i feel like well right now their seasons are short i believe they are all six episodes or maybe seven or eight mandalorian style so like just really short uh i think anthony mackie said if falcon the winter soldier were to get a season two it would go under a different name yeah, obviously Captain America and White Wolf or whatever it'll be. Yeah, something like that. But again, season two isn't confirmed or anything. If they were to get a sequel, I, I, I don't know if they would even get season two or if these would just be one-offs. I guarantee WandaVision is just going to be a one-off. We're not going to be like WandaVision season two or anything like that. That seems like one story 
start to end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're doing one offs, I think that's actually a very good idea. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like unprecedented territory, but it's it's the same as like if you're doing a comic series, if you're doing you know, like how Marvel does it now, where you know every character under the Marvel universe gets a six issue series at some point. I mean, basically, you even got the Amazing Mary Jane, so yeah, <laughs> Gwen Stacy. So you know, I, I think that's a very good idea. If you're gonna do like six episodes here and there for certain characters. That that's a very good idea. But mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we'll see. Nick Fury, not the character that certainly came to mind for me, but I think he does a good job as Nick Fury. So yeah, if the story's there, I'm for it. I just like when these shows were first announced. We got Miss Marvel, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Moon Knight, which is being casted at the moment, and She Hulk, and that was it. You know. And then we'll, they'll move on from there, and then they go back to the movies. But now they're announcing already new Disney Plus shows, and I feel like what of these Disney Plus shows aren't as successful as Marvel expects? I mean, it's a full series that you need a streaming service to watch. It's not like you go to a movie theater to watch it. So I, I got to think, though, that the idea is that the MCU is so popular that yeah. Captain Marvel <laughs> made a billion dollars, Spider-Man Far From... Like, all, all these movies are making a billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So... The, the idea is that you already have most fans on the chain. And then given the success of Mandalorian, which is from Star Wars, which was kind of a divided franchise. Now you have Marvel, which is a more, you know, together yeah. franchise as opposed to yeah. divided. I feel like the thought process is if we had so much success, success on Mandalorian, we could repeat that six times over. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, it's that, not a bad a risk. Point. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly calculated. That's a very, very good point. Yeah, you're right. Mandalorian, Star Wars is a divided fandom, but I feel like everyone likes the MCU, except for like the film bros who will hate on it before a movie. And, and comedian of cinema. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, no, no, this is not going to be good. Avengers Endgame is not going to be good. And as soon as it drops, you're just like, yeah, that was bad. Well, of course <laughs> you're going to think that. You've been talking for years how it's going to be bad. But pretty much everyone enjoys Marvel movies. And even if you're not the biggest fan of like superheroes, I don't know anyone who hates Winter Soldier. <laughs> so there's at least something there or like the first iron man movie there's always gonna be something there for people to enjoy so i understand these things are probably guaranteed to be successful even in known characters like i guarantee a lot of people that just watch the mcu and don't read comics they don't know who moon knight is yeah they probably won't expect him to be well like well, that well and psychopath. i also think moon knight has a ton of potential to be successful mm-hmm. and and that's one that i could see going on multiple seasons she-hulk has me questioning a little bit i think it does have potential to go on multiple seasons i know she's fairly popular in the comics and has had she some is. good series so um but but yeah I, I think more in like the only shows that should be going for multiple seasons are the ones that are kind of like you know have have that kind of potential from like the comics like moon knight i think could go multiple seasons i i think something like if you did like a fantastic four show i think that would have so much potential and could go oh on my seasons. god so, <laughs> oh to, to my me fantastic four right. i think has already just not been done justice in the movies. I think it would be cool to do them in TV because I think you could expand that family feel so much more over a TV show as opposed to a movie. And I think that would be really oh cool God, to kind of right. get that, you know, the birth of, of Franklin Richards is like Franklin, a, yeah. a season cliffhanger and, you know, the mm-hmm. Doctor Doom stuff. And like, I, there's so much potential to do it over TV. And you could have them, you know, go to the MCU at some point as like a crossover, but like, for their main, you know, stories, it's in TV. I think that'd be really cool. I could definitely see that. I could see, like, Franklin Richards being born, and then, like, he's born, and it's, like, instead of just a cliffhanger, it's like, oh, they have kids, like, every show does. So then it's like, see yeah. season two. You have the kid, and then Doctor Strange shows up, and you're like, we need to talk about your son. 
because Franklin in the end is one of the most powerful characters in Marvel. So yeah, or even or even if you took yeah. if you if you took some um you know for, took some inspiration from the newer comics if you have like a Charles Xavier type show up oh, oh man, that yeah so cool. <laughs> that, that would be cool that'd be really awesome and and, it, and going and even going you know off the Fantastic Four as the family feel so it would be cool to do it like on a TV show I think a lot of the X Men you know stuff could be done justice in a TV show as well because there's so much mythos to cover and there's so there's much so many di- different like teams and different like family bonds that it could be done over tv they could, could also do the movies with it but yeah yeah i was gonna say a mix of both for x-men you could have like your x-men movies but then you have like a new mutants tv show not like the recent movie like recast everything like that even though i like that cast just new mutants just of young teenage mutants trying to fit in yeah. on whether it's xavier's school for the gifted or it's krakoa if they go that route seems the MCU is taking a lot of inspiration from the 2010 Marvel comics recently, which is cool. Like Miss Marvel casting. It's interesting how we're talking about Miss Marvel casting here. And we'll probably look back on this episode, maybe 15 years from now, she'll be the biggest character in Marvel. And here we are talking about the casting. It kind of, yeah. It's cool. Uh, well, well, and I think that, you know, their, their bet is, and something that you're doing with, you know, a, a film franchise where I think, you know the, the tv franchise or the film franchises kind of have the advantage of you kind you get to see the story go from start to end as opposed to the comics where there's really no end at some point it's going to go back to the beginning so in a way yeah. uh, you know like something that's so satisfying with smallville is seeing clark go from you know teenage freshman clark to full-grown superman at the end so mm-hmm. in the marvel universe you see it start with tony stark and you know captain america and the main avengers and then you get the next group of Avengers, which are going to be in film next. And then the next group of Avengers, which could be the young Avengers, you know, you, you could potentially, you know, who knows how successful the MCU will stay. I mean, everything comes to an end. You know, the Westerns never thought they'd end. But like, well, Kevin you, Feige, you could, he says the MCU is not going to end. So. You could have by, you know, 2035 or 2040. An Avengers team made up of Miles Morales, Miss Marvel, uh, Young Hulk, Iron Lad, like Iron Lad, hundred percent. You, yeah. you you could have like a main Avengers team that's made up of all new Avengers. Like that's kind of nuts. But that story goes from beginning to end. You can see those characters grow because mm-hmm. they're growing in real life. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Which is why they're casting someone so young for Miss Marvel. And then eventually, when you get to that finale, let's say it's Secret Wars. They need help. That's when they could call on someone old, like old man Doctor Strange, King Thor, with like a gray beard and the eye patch and the one arm and everything. Assuming they live up to then. Because even if like Chris Hemsworth's like, I don't want to be Thor anymore, don't kill him off. Just be like, okay, he's, he's in Asgard. He's, well, I guess Asgard's gone in the MCU. He's somewhere else. Like he's off screen. He's doing his own thing. And then maybe 20 years later, they'll be like, playing Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. They'd be like, hey, Chris Hemsworth, you want, like, a million dollars to come play Thor for, like, 20 minutes? I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, fine. <laughs> well, well and, and I'm wondering if, like, you do things of, like, uh, I think recently in the comics they had the Tony Stark that was, like, the like the hologram Tony. Well, yeah, because uh, he died. Well, he went in yes. a coma. So, yeah. So, so, so I wonder if they would do something like that where it's, like, hologram Tony, you know, whatever, Robert Downey Jr. is done with the MCU, but... 10 years from now, you know, if the MCU's, let's say, struggling a little bit, you pump in some Robert Downey because, you know, it, it hides <laughs> people would off. people back, yeah. That, uh, I would be okay if Iron Man came back in that kind of way. They already kind of went through the people can come back from the dead in that way. Look at Captain America Winter Soldier, how they, when Black Widow and Cap, they go down 
into the old shield base or the old hydra base and they find i forget his name red skull's assistant's mind in the machine yeah so they could do that with tony but not a nazi <laughs> so something like that even captain america although he's old now you could at least have like old man steve maybe cameo at some point but i, I don't think no, they'll do that. I think no i don't think they will yeah <laughs> if anything maybe time traveling steve maybe you came to this time and then i don't know they could always do something yeah. here i'm not saying that oh they should bring iron man back they shouldn't bring him back but they have resources from the comics so they could at least have moments yeah. like that and and the broader discussion that we've been having here is that you uh, there's a lot of potential of you know casting these young people to see them grow into the role and see them mm-hmm. do the role for 10 years maybe more yeah and some characters will they're they're meant to live forever in jason aaron's thor run he goes a lot to the future where the end of the world is at stake and there's only like five people still alive in the world and they're like thor dr doom wolverine and loki and one more that i probably can't remember but like those characters they're not meant to die they're meant to live until the world dies so that's why i don't want chris hemsworth thor to die i want him to maybe be off screen for a bit 10 years for like 10 20 years even and then come back as old old man thor whoever's wolverine at the time to maybe come back as old man logan again so we'll just have to wait and see it's it's cool seeing these new casting when i first started comic book hunter uh my first post was about dr strange being filmed so i was talking about like benedict cumberbatch as dr strange and when we first started hero story we were just like joaquin phoenix is the joker like <laughs> Is that good? Is that bad? <laughs> so it's cool to see these characters evolve, even though I don't we'll see that character again. It's cool in that sort of way. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> next bit of news. Hawkman. Er, Hawkman. Hawkeye. Sorry, I wrote Hawkman next to Hawkeye on my news list. Hawkeye is also getting Disney Plus series. I forgot about that. Uh, he, they're doing a lot of casting right now, including Mockingbird, which uh, JD didn't know existed. Mockingbird was a character in Agent Carter that they decided, you know what, we're just going to ignore that. They're going to Luke Cage it, and they're going to recast Mockingbird for Hawkeye to be a villain for an episode, maybe two. Uh, Also for Hawkeye, um, Madame Mask, who is an Iron Man villain, will also be in the series. So they're just casting some villains at the moment, some side villains. I see them doing something with Madame Mask saying that she was in the circus that Hawkeye grew up in. Hawkeye's origin story, I know, know you know it or not, but it's very much Dick Grayson. Yeah, so, yeah, I know like bits and pieces of it. Yeah, he grew up on a, on a circus. So I could see Madame Mask, just her appearance and her personality and everything be very circusy. So maybe they knew each other as kids, but now she's trying to kill him. So we'll have to wait and see. Hawkeye casting is going on right now. So I'm guaranteed next week's episode of Hero Story will mention another Hawkeye casting. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, now for the big news that just came out like an hour before recording here. Electro will be in Spider-Man 3, MCU Spider-Man 3, played by Jamie Foxx, who played him in Amazing Spider-Man 2. He's reprising his, like, he's not playing a new character. He's coming back as the same Electro that fought Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. What? (laughs) It's, uh, it's, I guess it's my birthday and it's time for, uh, me to light the candles too. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, this is, I, I guess, you know, when, when DC decided, Hey, we're going to be taking anything that happened in DC media is now going to be part of the multiverse. So Marvel was like, Oh, that's cool. Let's that's do that too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, 
you know, Michael Keaton returning as Batman may be a little more impactful than uh, Jamie, Jamie Fox <laughs> as Electro. But uh, <laughs> I, I, God, I listen. Amazing Spider-Man Two. Are there's a lot of aspects of that movie I like. I think the one thing is great. I think Andrew's great as Spider-Man. Gwen's death is tragic. I love Emma Stone as as Gwen Stacy. Uh, th- there's a lot of good things to that movie. Electro is not one of those good things. No. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I think even as you, someone who uh, you know enjoys the Amazing Spider-Man two, unironically, I do. You know, you can admit <laughs> Electro is not it. So, no, not at all. I prefer so, Green Goblin you know, in the movie. Even he's not very. <laughs> yeah. So when I saw this news, I legit thought it was a goof because I thought, why would they bring back Jamie Foxx Electro? And Jamie Foxx is a very talented actor musician all that stuff why would you bring him back as electro like that doesn't even make sense and he's the same character what? yeah i feel like you could at least cast him as something else <laughs> and no one would complain i mean look at michael b jordan he was human torch and then killmonger and everyone prefers him as killmonger so you could have did something like that but no keeping keeping electro which honestly respect <laughs> they're probably gonna do him way better I hope they kind of ditch the whole, he, he remember my name kind of aspect of him. Make him more just angry, I guess. But yeah, give him ang- reason. He's going to be angry at uh, Tony Stark for forgetting his birthday. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and that's why he wants to take out Tom Holland's Spider-Man. <laughs> he's going to travel probably to this universe. I mean, he, you see him go through like wires and stuff in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. So I could see him maybe he goes through something that ends up being a pim particle machine oh God. and he comes into the MCU. Listen, the the only hope that, you know, the Spider-Man franchise has given me is that, you know, between JK Simmons returning as mm-hmm. uh as J. Jonah Jameson and now uh, Jamie Foxx returning as Electro, the only hope that I've gotten is that perhaps in the cards is in into the Spider-Verse with Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield and Toby, Toby. McGuire because I I, you know, Three years ago, I would have thought the idea is completely crazy. It would never happen. But now, with everything that's been happening with comic book media, I honestly think it's a possibility. DC kind of showing the way. And then we got WandaVision, which is going to be trippy. We got this happening, which maybe he could appear at the end of WandaVision. And then that that explains that. And then Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. That kind of goes into it. So I guarantee it's possible. God, if Andrew returns, I'd be so happy. (laughs) Did did, did you see the... uh, the it was the writer or the artist. Someone who did Craven's Last Hunt, maybe it was the artist who did Craven's Last Hunt, said that uh, he'd love to see Craven's Last Hunt adapted and he would love to see uh, it done by Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, and he had someone cast a, a, in his head as Craven. I forget who it was, but um, him saying that, I was like, damn, that would be really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, he's, and then you said something like he likes Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but it does not fit the vibe. That yeah, like if, if you're going to do Craven's Last Hunt, it would have to be Toby and Sam Raimi. And I'm like, oh, God, my dreams. <laughs> First of all, Craven's Last Hunt is my second favorite Spider-Man story of all time. So that would be awesome just to see in live action. And then mm-hmm. add in my favorite live action Spider-Man actor and director. Oh, man, my mind would be blown. Another plan for Spider-Man 4 was Mysterio and Vulture, right? Uh, yeah. And then, well, well, there's like different plans. Like at, at one point they had a plan for four five and six where they were going to shoot five and six, like back to back. And it was going to have oh, like okay. Sinister Six and you're going to do Craven eventually. So there were a lot of plans on the table and I'm sure, 
even though Sam Raimi loves like the 60s Spider-Man, I'm sure he would, you know, love to do Craven's Last Haunt and mm-hmm. kind of redeem himself for Spider-Man 3 where he didn't have his vision. So I think Craven would be better suited for that style, like that that world of regular everyday New York as opposed to several villains all at once because that works for the MCU perfectly fine, but for New, like Sam Raimi's New York, you could go to New York City today and be like, "I'm in Sam Raimi's New York." Like you don't see an Avengers you Tower. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah. I mean, you don't see like Avengers Tower, or you don't see any like Iron He's Man flyby. No older than like my that. son. Yeah, you don't go to a cafe and Ashley Johnson's like, "Oh, you waiting for the big man, Iron Man? He flies by here sometimes." <laughs> like, no, no, you said a cafe. It's like, what can I get you? <laughs> well, technically, if you sit in a cafe in, in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man verse, you get a Doc Ock car thrown through the window as Tobey Maguire tackles you and you know saves you. I would love that. <laughs> Tobey Maguire tackles me. I don't care if I break a shoulder from that. He can do it. Like you're, you're Spider-Man. <laughs> this is getting way off topic, but yeah, basically Spider-Verse could happen, and within that, way, maybe, way off topic. <laughs> maybe we could be like if. That happens. I could see Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man be more like Spider-Verse Peter, where he's older. Maybe doesn't wear the suit as often. As often. I don't want to go like Crisis and Infinite or Smallville, where it's like, nah, I hung it up kind of thing. Oh, God. I, I don't <laughs> want that. I want it to be That has like... no effect on me since I gave up my powers. <laughs> I'd much rather him be like, nah, I, I just wear it when I hear danger, but I don't go out on patrol anymore. I think that's fine, because Tommy McGuire's like, what, 95 years old now or something like that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, on to the next Spider-Man news. This is gaming news. Insomniac, I, I said the name wrong, but I'm not going to correct myself. Spider-Man PS4 is getting a remaster on PS5, which is great. They're going to update the graphics, going to add a lot of like reflection effects on the buildings. It looks amazing. They're adding the, the Amazing Spider-Man suit as well, and possibly the other ones too, but we'll get to that in a second. They changed Peter Parker's face. They, they changed his model completely to a different guy. He looks like Tom Holland, but somehow younger to me. <laughs> Tom Holland plays a 15-year-old, but he looks younger than that. They did... Th- okay, before before we get into, like, how could they do this? Because I'm sure you'll say that. <laughs> You're on my side here. They did this because, uh, I guess, the original face was a little complicated for mocap. Because they have, like, a different person doing mocap, I guess. And they're just like, man, it's difficult to do some animations. So they changed his face for the remaster. And he will look like this continuing forward for Spider-Man 2, which is happening, like Spider-Man PlayStation 2. And then they are also, if he, if Peter does appear in Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I guarantee he will at least have a cameo, he will have this face. So it's for good. So if he played Spider-Man PS4, that Peter Parker's gone. Why? Well, I know why, but come on. <laughs> Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... so... I think I saw a Gavin post about this first. Uh, it was like a story post, like what? Like in all caps, like what did they do? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, they changed Spider-Man's face. And then I may have seen one of the biggest Instagram shit shows that I have seen since like uh, MCU lost the rights to Spider-Man, where every single post that I saw in the story was about <laughs> it. I was just like, what? What is going on here? People love their Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, say. it's it's crazy. So. Admittedly, I never thought the face from Spider-Man 4 was, or from Spider-Man PS4 was 
that great, but you got used to it because you know it's the game. Yeah, I never thought it was like that great. I actually thought the concept art. I don't know if you've ever seen the concept art for the game. Rhea's I thought the like concept stubble, art for right? Peter. Yeah, I thought that was a way better look. Yeah. So. Yeah. So ultimately, I was never too in love with the look they had for the game. Now okay. that they're changing it, I don't like this one any better. I think this is worse because I, I do think he looks young. He d- looks like a Walmart brand Tom Holland, which mm-hmm. is odd. Uh, I, too many memes that I've seen of like, you're telling me this guy was pulling Black Cat and Mary Jane? And <laughs> he definitely was not. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. This was it, it's definitely an odd decision, but uh, Insomniac on Twitter was like, "You've trusted us this far. You've trusted us for every decision. Like, why not keep trusting us now?" And I get that. And they were like, "You know, we, we hear you. Like, we hear your problems with it, but just because we hear your problems with it doesn't mean it's gonna change. Like, this is it." So we fans got Sonic to change for the Sonic movie. So come on, we got this. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, I, even the actor who played the original Spider Man in like. The face was like uh like responding to fans <laughs> like you guys are the best and all that but yeah oh, this was definitely a weird switch up it, it's odd like if it was like okay you show trailers and then when the game releases it's different it's fine for like spider-man ps4 but the fact that we've spent so many hours with this character i beat the game twice so i played through this through this peter parker twice and you see him go through this traumatic event you see him smile, you see him cry, you see him go through pain and go through all this, and then suddenly it's like, it's a recast. It's a little, like, the voice is going to be the same, but it's just odd to me. I understand, like, the the original Peter Parker wasn't like, this is the perfect Peter Parker design or anything like that, but he looked like a 23-year-old, which is who he is. He looked like a 23-year-old who was financially unstable, spent his nights being up half the night, punching people and getting punched like he looked like your typical teenage or 23 year old that was stressed he, he looks stressed no way wait wait 23 year old that was stressed uh, isn't that the combo counter that, that is me yeah <laughs> well i'm 22 spend, spends the nights of spider-man wait a second uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> i've exposed you i had yeah he had like the bags under his eyes a little bit and but he he looked like peter to me in a way more than tom holland does so he did kind of have that Tobey Maguire kind of face too, like with the with the tired looking eyes. But he had the the Andrew Garfield kind of facial structure. But at the same time, he had no Tom Holland to him, I guess. But this new guy has like it looks like Tom Holland in a way. But it just it's kind of disappointing. I'm, I'm upset I about I it. wouldn't be surprised if we get at least some kind of upgrades from like where he looks now, like where the like all right, you know, this is where the fan backlash is. Even though we're not going to switch back to the original, maybe we can make his face look a little better. Like I saw someone uh, changed up his hair a little bit. I think they made his hair like a little bit longer. Yeah, his hair's very short. Kind of changed right now. up the face a little bit. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Insomniac tries to do some changes to try to you know back off some of the fans but yeah petitions are out right now to get the original spider-man face back uh if you had to put odds on you know will they reverse this decision do you think there's a chance or no i think there's a chance but i i don't think it'll happen in the end but if it did happen i wouldn't be like whoa i can't believe that happened i'd be like kind of like yay it happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'd put it very low i'd say maybe mm-hmm. a 10 to 20 percent chance that they go back but i think very low because they've they've kind of took their stand on twitter yesterday where they're like like you've trusted us through everything trust us now so we'll see. they have done good they had the tasm suit which looks great 
I mean, I guess I already said that in the news, but they're adding, uh, they're probably going to add the second one as well. I hope so, because I think that's the best. Yeah, one. I would prefer to see the second one as opposed to the first mm-hmm. one. And pro- they, they said three suits, so three amazing suits. So the Amazing Spider-Man. The, the, starter, the starter one when he's got like the gla- sunglasses. Yeah, vigilante suit, it's known as. So I can yeah. see that happening for sure. But yeah, Spider-Man PS4 remaster comes out the day the PlayStation 5 comes out, I believe. So November 12th. So stay tuned. Um, for comic news, Grant Morrison is back at DC. Remember, like three weeks ago, when we said he's no longer at DC. <laughs> Grant Morrison. I forgot back about that. <laughs> with uh, Yannick Pequete, I probably pronounced that wrong. Uh, and they will be making Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Three. They both made uh, teamed up together for Earth One Volume One, Earth One Volume Two. They're making a third one. They want to make it a trilogy, and they say this is going to be their last one in the Wonder Woman Earth One volumes just to close off the series have you read wonder Woman earth one no the, i i've read very little earth one i've read uh superman earth one and i've read only the first volume of batman earth one so i have okay. a lot of earth one reading to go through yeah I'm um, offended. <laughs> so, something i would say about earth one and obviously not having read a lot of it maybe i don't have the highest grand to stand to grant ground to stand on i was confusing my words speaking too quick uh <laughs> You know, I feel like Earth One kind of has the potential to be the ultimate universe, but in a different aspect where it's not issue by issue, it's volume by volume. I think that's a very interesting premise to do in comics where you're kind of getting more full stories. So I feel like they had that kind of advantage on the ultimate universe where they could have done things differently. And at least from what I've read from, you know, Superman Earth One and Batman Earth One, it is like a different aspect of these characters. I feel like they just haven't kind of put in the, I don't know, the effort and maybe the sales just aren't there when they're just in trade and they're not a single issue. But like, I I feel like they could have had like a connected universe. Like, are the Earth One titles connected? Uh, You know, the ones that I read, I don't remember. I was about to ask you that. I mean, the... Like all the Wonder Woman ones are connected, obviously, but I. But but I'm saying like, does the Teen Titans one connect to the Batman one, or like, does the I you know, does the Superman one connect to the Green Lantern one? Oh like, wait, does Teen Titans have Robin in it, like a Robin? I, I can't remember. So. I've never read Teen Titans Earth one, but I, think I haven't it does. either. If it does, then no, it wouldn't connect because Batman Earth one they don't have any Robins in it, and it's like mm-hmm. a new take on his origin, basically. So. No, I don't think they do connect. And plus, Earth One Batman is very much like a grounded Gotham City where superheroes aren't a thing. So maybe this just takes place beforehand, but from Wonder Woman Superman. But yeah, as far as I know, they're not connected. And yeah, I, I just pulled yeah. up a uh, a Reddit posting where someone was asking. They said that they uh, do not connect at all. Okay, yeah, but, I figured. But, but and, they could. They could just say they are connected, and I would be like, okay, well. To say Batman Earth One takes place in the past, but but my my overall point of this was like, if they would have done it a little differently, they could have had like one for each character where you kind of redo origins in the modern sense, and that's where you could bring in new readership. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like Superman Earth One. Uh, have you read Superman Earth One? I've read Volume One. So so I feel like it's a lot more like the Superman that we see in Man of Steel with Henry Cavill. Like that's oh, kind yeah, of the vibes yeah. I get from it. So I feel like you could have used that to try to get more people into Superman, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's, it's a modern retelling of Superman's origin story where he's a little different and same thing with, you know, Batman, it's like but, a modern retelling. So I feel like, you know, those stories can be used to kind of hook readers in. So I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I feel like earth one and uh, granted, I haven't read a lot of it, but I feel like earth one lacks what its potential builds for it. 
I mean, they're good for the most part. Batman Earth 1 is my favorite Batman story ever. I love Green Lantern Earth 1. I just feel like you're right for potential. Volume 2 is coming out soon, by the way, on Green Lantern. It's already up, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, I found out last week. I had no idea. Oh, wow. So, yeah, lack of advertising. There's one. 100%. I had no idea Earth Earth 1 Volume 2 came out, but I saw it in a comic store uh, last Wednesday. I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, wow. I didn't get it, but I plan on getting it because I love Volume 1. But they don't come out often. I feel like they get made often, but they don't come out often. Apparently, Batman Earth 1 Volume 3 has been done for like Then worked year. on for like three years with Gary Frank? Yeah, apparently it's done. Though Gary Franks has said it is good to go. Uh, he's just waiting for the solicitations. Oh. He says it's completely weird. done. And it should release soon, he said, like a year ago. Um, Aquaman Earth 1 by Francis Monopoly. He was writing and doing the art for it been confirmed since i think but but then he said that it got reworked into whatever 5g was going to be but now the 5g is gone now maybe it's being reworked back into earth one it's but the idea is like it was announced five years ago (laughs) yeah we haven't seen anything for it yeah and they've never done like a flash earth one or even like rumors of a flash earth one which oh so much potential oh much potential let me write it let me write it yeah (laughs) i haven't heard anything for that yet so yeah i mean these books they they're getting made it's just we never hear anything about it. And again, lack of advertisement. Earth 1 for... Or, oh, this is a lot of numbers. Green Lantern, Earth 1, Volume 2 is out. But I never saw yeah, anything I, saying I, I it was out. I didn't even know it was out. Like, I thought it was still just coming out. I didn't realize. Yeah, so. and Earth Terrible 1, advertisement. I, I got Earth 1, Volume 1 of Green Lantern at a comic convention. I just saw it on a shelf. And I was like, oh my god, this is out? So I bought it. And then I read it. And I thought it was great. So... And, and this goes back to my further point of that I made for probably years now that I don't understand how DC Comics could have like 10 million followers on Instagram and not really promote comics. They'll sometimes post like a big comic of the week with a big moment and be like, what did you think of Flash 762? Yeah. But they don't do enough with like trades coming out. You know, they have separate accounts for different DC stuff. I feel like, like their toy account. And yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you could do like a separate DC account for like dc collected editions or dc graphic novel whatever whatever you want to call it and and it's kind of like a promotional base of like like you know the new ones that are coming out like oh green lantern earth one volume two boom got on the first try is coming out (laughs) and then you know like oh uh green lantern kyle rayner volume two just came out you know like Mm -hmm. so people actually know when these trades are coming out i mean i've talked to people that were like wait they reprinted the mark wade flash run and i'm like yeah we're seven books in and it's like you're missing core audience who would definitely buy the books because you're not people just don't know. I mean, I've done I've literally done advertisements on my own for it where it's like, hey, Young Justice book five is coming out. I really want them to print the rest of the series. Please buy it. Yeah, and I'm exactly. doing free advertising for them just because I want to see the book made. But like, why are they not posting? You know how many fans there are of the old Young Justice run? Why would you not post that on your Instagram? You have so many followers. Even mm-hmm. if you get a piece of them to get the book, it's it's that many more sales. Yeah, and at this point, when you see, like, an old comic and it has, like, the new DC logo, which has only been around, like, five years, I want to say, I'm like, oh, my God, this was reprinted. I just bought, rebought Batman Year One with the new DC logo on it. When I first read it, it had the, not even the one with, like, the, the page turning. I had the one before that with the stars. That was the first time I read Batman Year One. So the fact that it gets printed so often, but not talked about it. You don't know odd. about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's odd. Just look at the logo to see if it's new or not, really. Yeah, Yeah, I've always found it weird the way they treat their trade division and like they wonder why, you know, trades don't sell well after a volume one. 
people don't know about them. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, and and it's sad that you know certain trade runs have gotten cut short. You know, uh, Tim Drake's Robin series got five trades canceled. Uh, Chuck Dixon's Birds of Prey three trades canceled. Uh, you know, the the list goes on. Kyle Rayner Green Lantern two trades canceled. You know, th- there's so many books that are fantastic runs that have a big fan base from when you know there's a reason they were big in the 90s that that fan base still loves those comics and i'm sure would like to read them you know more accessibly but people don't know about them and this all ties back into earth one of damn earth one could be cool (laughs) yeah exactly marvel's not off the hook either with this try looking for captain america by brubaker ed Ed brubaker it's impossible and I, i don't understand why it's one of the greatest marvel 2000s runs and yet there's like select trades of certain stories and it's like there's trades but it's like volume one and then technically it says volume two but it's really volume like seven because you just skip so many issues yeah it's 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 terrible the way they do that mm-hmm. yeah no i 100 percent agree I, I i think i think they're under you know undermining or undervaluing what the trades could be worth to them because the trades are much more accessible to new readers and casual readers i think if you're in a barnes and noble or you know, I don't know what the Canadian bookstores are, but like, a, you Not know, like a red, uh, yeah, <laughs> chapters. Uh, but like uh, Barnes and Noble is a pretty big bookstore in America. So like, but I'm saying like a local chapters. Yeah. Yeah. So like a local bookstore, you know, like at every Barnes and Noble, you pretty much got a Starbucks inside. So you go inside to get a Same cup with of coffee. Chapters. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you, so you go inside, you get a cup of coffee and you know, you're looking at the books while you're drinking your coffee and you come across the graphic novels and you see all these, you know, DC and Marvel books There's and tons like, Hey, yeah. Hey, I used to read this run 20 years ago. Like it'd be great to read it again. Boom. Bye. Like it's, ah, there's so much yeah. potential. I think nowadays they're printing all the new stuff pretty much always. Well, well, and that's another thing that I thought it's kind of weird where you print every single book, every six issues. Are there certain books that maybe don't need to be printed in trade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there probably are. Did Damian Wayne's Teen Titans, you know, Teen Titans Rebirth need to be printed into so many trades? Probably not. (laughs) No, that's a good point. Yeah. I can't imagine they were selling too well. But at the same time, it's good to have modern trades done. I just read seven years worth of Thor comics all in a row because they're all collected in trade. And it was awesome. It was a great experience. And even then, some characters, every single run they've had have trades like Daredevil. Almost every single Daredevil run you can collect in trade. Which is fantastic. Can't do that for Young Justice though. So, well, just... well, is assuming this book comes out in November, you will be able to collect every single <laughs> assuming, Young Justice. Book. Yeah. Please don't cancel it. Uh, but you know, I, I I totally agree with you. It's weird because you know, uh, the the idea of trades coming out after the issues came out really started with Vertigo, which is the DC imprint that did like Sandman yes. and stuff. Mm-hmm. They were the first ones that did books like, you know, trades of certain books. So people like John Constantine. And- yeah. And, and Sandman, the same, the original Sandman trades, which my mom still has some of them. Like they're, they're cool. They're old, but they're cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so old people are the greatest, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but like, you know, they have some old trades like that. And then DC kind of took the idea of, okay, these Vertigo books are selling well, we're going to do certain trades. So like you could see when they first started kind of like in the, 90s and 2000s era like uh chuck dixon's nightwing the original trades they're not for every story i would say there's probably like five or six of them of just kind of like the big story so you have like the first arc you have the hunt for oracle you have year one you have like you know uh bullets and bloodhaven like you know certain stories that were big but not the whole run so it's like if someone wants to read those books they can get the main idea of the book and then they could you know catch up from there if they need to with single issues not 
a terrible idea for, you know, redoing the modern trades. I mean, I know sometimes you just want to be able to read a whole run, but if you're trying to Which is cut costs, like, I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think trades should be printed with more issues in mind, too. Yeah, like the Marvel ones, I think do them every like five oh issues God. now, right? Like, like I, yeah. I remember when I got the Immortal Hulk trades, I got the first five trades, and I'm like, oh, awesome, I'm gonna have so much to read. I was done with it in like two days. <laughs> yeah, and it, it costs more money with that too. I feel like with Daredevil, like I got Bendis's entire run, which was years in three volumes, but for Thor, like Mighty Thor, which is I, I'm gonna say like sixty issues maybe, is like ten trades though. It should be way less than that. It's less less than six issues. Sorry, it, it's very small trades itself. And even Thor twenty eighteen, which is less than twenty trades, or twenty issues, is three trades. It doesn't have to be. It could just be one trade in general. Yeah. So, I feel like you just got to tr- put more stuff in there, and people will buy it. Because having that that thick a book, like such a small book. Sorry if you're on YouTube. I'm kind of holding an example for watching on but YouTube. yeah you, you pay like 15 bucks for five issues and it's just like this is so thin like i'd rather pay you know mm-hmm. 20 to 25 for like 10 12 issues i don't know it's it's or it's... even bendis's uh daredevil you could pay like 30 dollars and you get roughly 30 issues in that yeah is way better so yeah trade talk <laughs> <laughs> we th- this episode has been like uh, i'm already thinking what's the title in my head and i'm thinking it's just all divergence <laughs> <laughs> well, last bit of news that we could quickly just go over. Batman and Catwoman are getting new suits for the title Batcat. Batman and Catwoman written by Tom King with art by Clayman. Clayman said that this book is going to be better than Watchmen and Venom. <laughs> weird comparison. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Venom? Weird, yeah. Weird, weird comparison. He said it's going to be better than those two books. Uh, Batman's suit. He's kind of got a logo. It's hard to tell from his pose, but it looks like it goes right up to the cape itself. But it has still like the bat emblem on it. He's got gloves that like his gauntlets go up to like halfway through past his bicep. Uh, he's his eyes glow blue, which is kind of cool. His belt is massive, which I guess makes sense. Uh, Catwoman, her outfit—it's hard to tell from her pose, but it looks like it might be a shade of blue in the front and then gray on the side. She's got little pouches for like a belt, which is great and makes sense for her to put things in. Uh, she lost like the the weird armpit hold for her current suit. So it's not more of a regular cat suit. And yeah, all along, just new suits for this run. Probably not going to last past this run, but it's an interesting take on them, at least. But yeah, any thoughts on it? Or... Uh, listen, I, I, you know, I, I, my main focus on Batcat is please don't let the dialogue be bad. I, I, I'm not strong enough. No, cat, cat, you... <laughs> like please don't (laughs) yeah anyway street jokers hey the big comic that came out this week we are currently um well i can't see the timestamps. i guess oh there we go we're currently 50 minutes in and 30 seconds and we're finally going to the comic it's funny we actually talked before this episode like man this episode might be short because uh we only have one big comic this week but no it's not short at all listen you 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 get me started on a rant and uh who knows where it's going (laughs) So when this this issue came out on Tuesday, both JD and I go to comic stores where we get our comics on Wednesdays. I traveled through my city to different comic stores to pick this up on Tuesday because I was just too excited and didn't want to see spoilers. This issue was leaked like a week beforehand. I didn't see any spoilers. Did you? I did not see any spoilers, but uh, I did see people post about spoilers in the sense of like saying what they didn't like about it. So... 
I knew that it had to do with Jason and Barbara. And from there, I kind of made the two and two connection. connection in my head. So I had a feeling what it was. And when I saw it, I was like, like, I literally was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I didn't see any spoilers, but I heard it was controversial. And I thought Batman was going to kill. <laughs> that, that's what I thought. But then uh, a friend of mine, I can't remember what his name is. Dang. I can't remember who said it, but it was in a group chat that you're also uh... in. <laughs> Of someone in our group chat was just like they kind of hinted at this new 52 i'm like they hinted at batman killing someone i was so focused oh, on yeah that. that that's exactly what it was that that put put the two and two together for me because i was like it's about jason and barbara and i, I think it was Daz who said that didn't he that it was like uh yeah. new 52 and i was like wait batman what, what was it batman eternal or one of them had jason batman eternal had a tie-in a red hood in the outlaw tie-in to uh death of the family or sorry, City of Owls. So 2012, we're talking. City of Owls yeah. came out. There was a time from Red and the Outlaws which had Jason go to Gotham to help defend Gotham with Batgirl. At the end, they're sitting on a bridge. And uh, Batgirl tells asks Jason like if he wants to spend the place at to spend the night at her place. And Jason's like, sorry, Babs. I'm no Dick Grayson. He says something like that, and he walks away. And, and that was it. There's another. I, I thought, also, did it, yeah, didn't in Batman Eternal didn't they also like one. have Jason having a crush on Barbara or something? That's another one. Jason admitted that he thought that he had a crush on Barbara, but Barbara was always too focused, always staring at Dick Grayson. So he's like, oh, I'm no, I'm no match. And in Batman and Robin Eternal, another series, Jason admitted that he had a crush on Barbara when he first came back to when he first came back to life, but he didn't say anything. So it was hinted at three times. Uh, all I can say. Yuck. <laughs> Disgusting. So for those uh, who don't listen, know what we're talking about, perhaps it's the Dick Grayson purist in me, but uh, Jason and Barbara is terrible. Listen, <laughs> listen, I, you know, if you prefer Dick and Starfire, yeah, maybe you have Babs going somewhere else, but I hate, 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 hate with a capital H the the focus in the post 52 era of we want to make Jason Todd so much like Dick Grayson because it started in 2011 when you gave him Roy Harper and you gave him Starfire and Starfire was kind of the love interest. You basically tried to be like, Hey, you guys like Dick Grayson 2.0. Here's and it's uh, like angry. And, Dick it's, Grayson. and it's like, okay, that, that doesn't really work. And then this terrible. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, I guess we'll talk about this segment first. <laughs> what's the end of the issue uh jason goes through some traumatic stuff that we'll go to her later on but through comfort and solitude jason red hood and barbara batgirl kiss so that that's what we're talking about here and i will say right off the bat i didn't mind it oh god <laughs> what i didn't mind it i thought oh, it was all right my, oh you know? you're oh god <laughs> Imagine your ex-girlfriend kissed your brother for comfort. Disgusting. Okay, well, don't say it like that. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Dick okay. Grayson and uh, Barbara Gordon is Dick Grayson's ex-boy ex-boyfriend, uh, mm -hmm. and Jason Todd is Dick Grayson's brother. She kisses his brother. Sorry, it's how it is. Disgusting. Terrible. Okay. I will explain my reasoning here. Jason went through something so terrible. At the start of this issue, Barbara was angry at Jason. Because, you know, in issue one, he shot a Joker. So she's angry, but then when they find him and they see all these traumatic things that Jason has been through, she has empathy towards him. 
then you get to the point where Jason, she brings Jason to her home, which isn't a romantic gesture at all, right? She brought him there because she knew that the Batcave might not be safe right now. Let's bring him just to a regular place so we can heal up while Barbara and Batman go back to being on patrol. So within this moment, Jason, he takes a shower, Barbara comes home, and he starts to talk about how he doesn't think anyone cares about him. Like, he thought that he was supposed to die in that moment and that he he felt so weak and, like, he wasn't going to get saved again. But he did get saved. And because of that, Barbara says, That's because we thought you were dead, Jason, including Bruce. By the time you were back, you recreated yourself on your own as the Red Hood, and we all wish we had been there for you. Jason says, No one has ever said that to me. And Barbara says, Well, I'm saying it now. And she puts her hand on his hand. And they kiss. But right after the kiss, she pulls away and says, We shouldn't have done that. It was just like a moment. It was, it was a moment where they weren't thinking. It was a time of solitude. And I guarantee they're not going to date. They are not. If they date, I will hate that. They kiss. And they're like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. And Jason's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. Let's just get back to work. Like, it was it was a moment and that's it. Nothing more. With context, it's okay, right? <laughs> I Listen, I, I get the context behind it. And I get that it's a one-time mistake and all that. And it was more out of a place of comfort. I still don't like it. I get it. Still don't like it because okay, it's just—it's it. <laughs> so weird to me. Yeah, I understand it's a little weird, but it, if like if I flip the page and they start to make out and everything, and they're really going for it, I'd be like, okay, come on. But I flip the page and I, I was like, oh, good. She pulled away, and the first thing she says is, "We shouldn't have done that." I just wanted you to know that I care. And Jason says, "I've never felt like anyone cared," and she says, "I'm sorry about that. I really am." Let's get back to work kind of thing. I I just, I really wish it wasn't a kiss because like I said, the ex-girlfriend kisses your brother is like the, the main feeling that I'm getting here. And it's, yeah. I posted about this and in my comments section, a guy was talking about how the kiss was awful. And I'm like, I didn't mind it. He said, he made, came up with a good point. It would have been better if it was a hug. Uh, well, that's not, I was literally just thinking that now that like, I wish it was more of like a warm embrace as opposed to a kiss because I feel like, a kiss has so much more value to it, especially in comics where the kiss is king, you know, the kiss panels, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, so if she hugged, I think I agree. It would have been more powerful. And maybe when she hugs, Jason breaks down in tears kind of thing. That would have been really... Oh, I got chills from that. <laughs> that would have been really good. But no, instead it was a kiss and a pull away and kind of like waking up like, let's get back to work kind of thing. I don't mind it. Gr granted af after three jokers this will never be even touched again um you yeah know, like probably they'll, not. they'll never even talk about it again i i'm just waiting for the day that you know in some you know form of media whether let's say let's say titans for example titans is bringing on barbara gordon and they have barbara they gordon are. and jason todd in a relationship right mm -hmm. let's let's say that for all sakes that happens then they're gonna okay. be like well, well look at the comics that happened and it's gonna oh be like, god yeah we're gonna see those comments what no, happened in no, the I comics <laughs> for a panel in the bottom right corner of a page of a one yeah, book? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. U ultimately, I'm not a fan. I do get it. I do get why it happened. It's just mm. ultimately not a fan. It's the Dick Grayson Pierce than me. I, I admit it. I'm biased, but was not a fan. But I, I do at least like that they pulled away after and it wasn't like a full makeout because when I had heard the, the thing in the group chat, my mind immediately went to, oh, God, they're going to make them either make out or they're going to make them in a relationship. And I'm like, why Jeff? Why? I love yeah. you, Jeff. Why? <laughs> I think he handled it well for what it is. Granted, I didn't see it coming. 
So when I read it, I wasn't like, oh my god, this is what people are talking about. Actually, when people were talking about the controversial thing, I thought it was the start of the issue with uh, Joker and his like wife and son, which yeah, may that not was exist. So, yeah. So so w- what's up with that? I was. Uh... So yeah, I guess we'll go go to that scene now. So the issue starts with Joker like coming to a house and saying, "Honey, I'm home." Uh, there's this woman there saying, "Hello, dear. Like dinner's ready," and like puts dinner plates on the table and then calls a boy down named Junior, I guess, and they yeah, have and, dinner together. And and she's very nervous the entire time with like everything she says. Like she's tripping on her own words. She's like, "I'm I'm so, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, baby, but 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 mm-hmm. you know your father's gonna be he's gonna be be upset if you don't come down." Like like the way she's speaking, she's clearly like very nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the son himself. Very much looking like a killing joke before he was the Joker. Yeah, well, it actually kind of reminds me of a Gary Frank, uh, like, Joker, the way it looks, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. With the, He does have a similar kind of... Kind of like with the high lines. fade like that? Yeah. Uh, he's got, like, the, the kind of crazy hair in a way, uh, the freckles and the thin face with the tie, like, the bow tie and... He reminds me of Killing Joe Joker, which means this is probably Killing Joe Joker. But then you see on a few pages later that he's actually eating like dog food in an empty room with like on with a table with a mannequin and a teddy bear. So it's like a, it's a dream to him. But is this a dream or is it a memory? Well, well. So what I was thinking is if this is the Killing Joke Joker in Killing Joke, his he had a pregnant wife, wife is pregnant. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is kind of like the vision of what he wanted for his life. The perfect oh, family with like the that. junior, yeah. right? His wife was pregnant, so this is what his kid would have been like. And that's mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if she looks like what Joker's wife looks or before he's Joker looks like like the wife looks like before he turns before she dies, right? Yeah. I, I don't know what she looks like, but I was I was when I was reading the issue, that's what I thought it was, a connection to. Yeah, in although Killing Joke came out thirty or so years ago. In DC timeline, it's probably been 10 years. And that kid looks about 10 years old. So, yeah, that would make sense. Maybe what could have been. But in the end, we don't know if it's a dream. I'm guessing dream, but it could be a memory, if anything. Uh, Moving on, I guess the next scene is just Barbara getting angry because, you know, Jason shot Joker. And Batman's reaction to this, not what I expected. More calm and pathetic. Barbara explains to Batman that Jason killed Joker, a Joker, and Batman's just like, it's cool. <laughs> you know? If anything, I expected the roles to be reversed, where it would be Batman being the hard ass about it and Barbara being like, well, you know, Jason did this, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was I was actually kind of surprised by that. Um, and then uh, visiting Joe Chill in the uh, asylum, uh, Chills, literal Chills, um, <laughs> it was... It was it was cool to see the, you know, Jason Fabox take on the Waynes getting killed. I thought that looked really good. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah. Um, I like him. how Batman was a little afraid of visiting Joe Chill. He goes to the cell and he says, like, you know who? <clears throat> you know who I am. <laughs> like, it's a comic book, so we don't know the voice. But it sounds like maybe his voice was quiet or cracked. <laughs> you yeah. know who? Yeah, <laughs> where are the other drugs going? Yeah, um, he's clearly uh, co- college humor Batman for whoever doesn't know. Uh, they have a bit on Batman finding his voice, brilliantly funny. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, jo- it turns out Joe Chill is in the hospital wing and that he has cancer. stage four lung cancer, mm-hmm. so uh, he's pretty much a goner. Um, we see Red Hood going out on his own in a creepy 
creepy pool scene Jesus. where I, yeah. I thought those I thought those were all mannequins in the pool. Oh, I didn't. I knew they were bodies. I flipped the. Oh, I thought they were all. Well, yeah. Well, because Joker had the mannequin in the beginning pages, mm -hmm. so I th I thought it was like more mannequins. And then when one jumped out, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but but anyway, uh, he gets the the hood knocked off of him, and uh, he's like strapped naked to a chair while the original Joker's uh, kind of beating him up. And I, I kind of like the line where Joker was like, uh, was like, uh, I'll I'll let you in on a secret about the Joker boy. It hurts when I laugh because I just imagine Hamill reading that where it's like a very like kind of like oh yeah jokey voice for the first part and then like that you know how Hamill goes into the deep voice for deep, like serious things. yeah like, like I expected it like that so that's how I heard it in my head and I was like oh that's awesome well, um, let's go back for a second to the pool scene though basically you flip the page and you see thirty plus bodies in a pool all jokerized just like unconscious but like slowly coming back to life almost like zombies in a way and that the water's is... all acid. Yeah, that is terrifying. <laughs> That's a very terrifying picture. Alone. One of the, like the scariest scenes I've seen in a comic, I think. It's like a horror movie in a way. And Jason even he has fear in it as the first one grabs his leg and he you see like fear in his face as he pulls the trigger, but he's out of bullets, but it doesn't really matter because then that guy goes unconscious again before he gets kidnapped and back to uh reliving his traumatic memory of being beaten with a crowbar again. Yeah, and and Joker's point of there's always got to be three, and kind of making Jason the third Joker, where he makes the smile on the red hood uh, helmet. I, I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, He's basically like saying like of, you should die again, but this time come back as a Joker. Yeah, and and beating the crap out of Jason. Uh, I think one of my favorite panels is uh, when when Jason gets hit in the head, and the the helmet like cracks in the eye, and you kind of like see the pain in his eye, but still like the the red hood has like the big smile. Yeah. Like I thought that was a very well-drawn panel from Fabok, even mm. though they're all well-drawn panels. Yeah. And he says in like a weak voice, like you, you better make sure I s stay dead this time. But then Joker just says, Oh, why would I do that? I'm rooting for you, kiddo. Well, I hope you rise up and prove us wrong as the Joker and hits him one last time. Uh, I, I gotta say Babs breaking in right after that might be one of my favorite <laughs> panels of Babs like ever. Like that was so cool. Just kicking the door down, anger in her face as she runs in screaming Red Hood. Batman's like, could have done this quiet, like a bit more quiet. <laughs> then the uh, the zombie Jokerized characters come out again, and it looks like some of them straight up die in a way. Batman thinks there are more Jokers at first, too. Yeah. But uh, but he says, oh, well, great, more Jokers. But Batgirl corrects him, like, no, they're more victims. Until... I like the idea of them being pulled away and they reach out and grab each other's hands to escape. Yeah. And then the Batmobile comes in, kills one of them as like iron bar goes through him and he slowly dies. As he says, like, no, not Jason starts laughing and then slowly dies. Eventually they find Jason reliving his traumatic memory and we get the emotional dialogue between pain, uh, am I all right, just terrified. And then eventually he goes to Batgirl's apartment and we get the kiss scene. Yeah. And then um, after we get the kiss, you know, there's the whole breakdown of like, why does Babs keep all her old stuff, the wheelchair, the books, the old calendars and stuff. But it, she said it's help, a part of what helped her get past the pain. It's kind of like knowing that it was all there. So uh, it, was, it was pretty interesting. And then, um, and, and then you get Batman in the Batcave going over stuff on the three Jokers um interestingly enough they they when they show the jokers they do the order of one three two. Oh, i don't know if that means anything i just thought 
a little odd, right? Yeah, you're right. That is odd. You get the criminal, which is number one. Yeah, killing joke, I think, right with the hat. Mm-hmm. And then you get number three, the clown, which is the red hood Joker, which is for, uh, killing joke. I don't know. They, they contradicted each other. Actually, but then, yeah. And then the last Joker is the comedian number two with the with like a knife. I I don't know. It it was a little odd to me. And then uh, uh, Batman looks at a globe and stares at Alaska as uh, we get lots of lines about things being chilly and uh, the Joker's got Joe Chill and he's got a camera out and he says, uh, "It's time to finally confess, Mister Chill. Why did you really kill Thomas and Martha Wayne?" And that's where it ends. So, Joker. Revealing is the on the Wayne's murder. It's always, you know, plays into the concept of Joker knows who the who Batman is, and uh, well, yeah. he does, so. but has he always known kind of thing? Which I don't know yes. how I feel about that. I like in a Scott Snyder's New Fifty Two Batman run how he didn't want to know who Batman was. There was a scene where Bruce Wayne visits him in prison and does the Batman voice, and Joker immediately turns away and just doesn't look. He doesn't want to, not that he doesn't care who Batman is, but he literally doesn't want to know. It would ruin his fun. So, I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess we'll wait and see. I don't, I'm not think I'm the biggest fan of the Joe Chill stuff, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I, I think I liked issue one better, but I thought this issue was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird. It doesn't feel like this is two thirds of the way done, you know? Like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot to go, but no, we have one. Which is the same way I felt with Doomsday Clock, if you recall, when we were talking about Doomsday Clock, I think going into the last two issues and then the last issue, I was like, I feel like there's still so much story to be covered. And there was. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious how this one's going to end out. I, I truly hope that it, you know, ends strong, but we'll, we'll see. It was actually the same for me for um, the last issue, the Flash for Williamson's run, because remember the second last one ended with Barry and Reverse Flash just running at each other. I'm like, how is this going to wrap up the whole run? But it did very well. So, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, these issues are bigger than your average issue, and we have one more month. I'm looking forward to it. What yeah. do you rate the issue? Uh, I think I give this one an 8.5 8. 5 out of 10. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think it was good. The art, you know, is still killer. Uh, the story's still interesting. i not a big fan of the Jason Vav's kiss. I know. And uh, <laughs> I, I pretend I do not see as I go back to read uh, The Hunt for Oracle. But, uh, you know. <laughs> It's 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 still a very good issue, so 8.5. I liked it a lot. I didn't mind the, the kiss scene, so I guess I'll I'll give it like a 9. I thought issue 1 was a little bit better, but I like the darkness of this. I like the, the empathy on fear, and I'm so excited for issue 3. <laughs> I think in the end of 2020, this will be my favorite comic of the year. Yeah. So. Uh, by the way... Since this is the episode of all divergence, and uh, I'm gonna diverge some more, um, have you decided what books to send in to Jeff? Oh yeah. So for those who don't know, CGC, the comic grading company, will be doing a signing for Jeff Johns, uh, writer, uh, Jason Fabok, and I think Brad, Brad Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, yep. the colorist for Jason Fabok's work. Uh, you can send in your comics, they'll sign them for you, and they'll also grade your comics, so see how good quality they are. Put it in a plastic slab so it'll never be touched again, and possibly be worth a million dollars in the future. Probably um, not that. <laughs> no. Um, I will be sending issue one of Three Jokers in, I think, or issue three. I'm going to wait till issue three's out. I'm going to see which one I like better out of the two, or if issue three has like a huge reveal, I'll do that one. 
Um, yeah. Probably just the uh, regular covers or like the regular Bat Family covers. I really think it would look good with the, the Batman face signed. So sending yeah. that one in for sure. Um, I might send in the first appearance of Jessica Cruz for Jeff Jones to sign because I have a feeling she's going to go way really far. hundred percent. Yeah, that would be good to have a signature for because I have her first appearance. And for a third, I don't, I'm not sure. What, what about you? So uh, I haven't posted about this at all yet. I was thinking about doing a post on the comic book hunters, but I may wait until I get it slabbed. Uh, but I finally have uh, gotten the crown jewel of my Flash 1987 right. collection being mm-hmm. the Flash 197, the first appearance of Zoom, first mm-hmm. part of Blitz. Uh, I got... Uh, some, so one of my followers sent me a DM and he's like, hey, I, uh, you're looking for Flash 197, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I got an eBay link. And I, I've been, some people have sent me eBay links before because they know I was looking for this comic. And they're like, oh, you know, uh, take a look at this. And usually it's just too expensive. But uh, he sent me this link and this guy was selling for $40. Uh, it was it was Flash 197 and randomly enough, uh, New 52 Flash Annual 4. I don't know oh, why nice. he included that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is a random issue. But so I was like, 40 bucks? I was like, or no, it was more than that. It was probably like 60 bucks, but I offered him 40. Because I was like, I I sent in an offer and I'm like, he's not going to accept it, but whatever. I'll just send it in. Mm -hmm. And he accepted it. I was like, oh, (laughs) I was at work. Uh, I sent it in while I was at work. I was like, whatever, 40. He's not going to accept it. I don't care. And then he accepted. I was like, well, that took me by surprise. Mm. (laughs) I was like, maybe I could have gone lower. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I got that. uh, And I just received it in the mail uh, about two days ago uh looks very nice uh, it's weird it had 7.5 written on it like on the plastic slab oh, like that it, or like the plastic sleeve rather yeah, that came the in actual cover huh. yeah so that so that they I, I guess whoever sold it thought that it was a 7.5 listen i don't know too much about grading i inspected the book and i sent it to some friends of mine who know a little bit more about grading yeah they were thinking it's more in like the 8.5 9.0 maybe 9.2 range so Okay. I think maybe I may have gotten a steal because he thought it was in worse condition than it was. Really, it's got just one little stain on the back. So oh, other than that, the stains in, are pretty bad though. They, it, it's they it's like a, a it's a little tiny. Well, I'll send you a picture of it when we finish recording. It's very small. Okay. It took me a while to notice it actually because I was going through it. I was mostly looking for like you know uh, paper like you know cracks like, and stuff, yeah, seals and, and fine like ticks yeah. and all that. So I was looking for like what was off about it, mm-hmm. and it's really just that on the back. So I was like, hmm, maybe this is better than seven point five. But anyway, uh, since Jeff is doing that, I want to get him to sign that because that, that's going to look so awesome. It's the mm-hmm. cover where Zoom is going like right at the camera. So seeing you know Jeff John's signature on that's going to be and awesome. The golden in the slab. slab, yeah, that'll be nice. And uh, and then the other two I want to send in are the modern ones: uh, Batman Three Jokers number one with the Bat cover. The Batman cover, and then uh, Doomsday Clock number one with the Rorschach uh, oh, holographic cover. That's the other so, one I'm gonna do. Yeah, the Rorschach holographic cover for Doomsday Clock number one, I think. Because that's gonna look cool, and it's the first appearance of you know all the new characters from Doomsday Clock. So mm-hmm. for sure, that's you know maybe if they ever become anything one day, you know that's cool. Yeah, I also might do Swamp Thing Winter Special for Fabok. That's one of my oh, favorite yeah? single issues, I think. So I, I wouldn't mind doing that. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe I'll have to I'll have to look up my full collection because I have a lot of Jeff John books and a lot of Fabio books and probably more Brad Anderson books than I thought. So yeah, well he does uh, Faybox colors. Does he do anyone else's colors? Gary Frank. Oh, Gary Frank. Yeah, I think he does maybe a few more, but Gary Frank for sure. Yeah. So he did Doomsday Clock, so he could also sign Doomsday Clock. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think of that either, but he probably will because yeah. he'll probably just assume that you sent it for both. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that, actually. I'm going to wait one more month, and I'm going to send it in probably the week that Three Jokers issue three comes out. 
Yeah, I know nothing about sending in CGC comics, so I'll probably wait till Hunter sends it in and uh, ask <laughs> I've done too. it before. Hey, man, can I see your homework? Yeah, just change up the answers. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's pretty simple. That, that's what it's gonna be like. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm so excited to send in the books. Like I had since I got Flash one ninety seven in the mail, I put all three of them next to each other of the books I want to send in. And I took nice. like a picture and like just seeing like the Batman face, the Rorschach face, and the uh, Zoom face Zoom all next face. to each other. I'm like, that's gonna look so cool with signatures and slabs. Mm. For those who want to get into this, go to CGC's website. All the information is there. Look on YouTube. How do I send in CGC comics? So that's what I did when I sent in uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 16 and Tales of Suspense number 49, which is what I sent in to get signed. Or not signed, just CGC'd. Slabbed. Yeah, it's pretty complicated, to be honest. But if you watch a YouTube tutorial, just they could walk you through. There's a few online. I watched one. It helped so much. But it takes like roughly 30 minutes or so. So it, it takes a little bit, but... It, it's worth it in the end. Yeah, I'm gonna be leaning on Hunter here because I I have no clue what to do. But this yeah. will probably be this will probably be my first submission, so I'm I'm very mm -hmm. excited. So it's a good three to get back. Yeah, one thing that's a little weird is uh, 1975 and up. If the comic released from like 1975 to today, it's considered a modern comic. So yeah. that was a little odd. <laughs> yeah, oh. but but that also determines the cost of grading it. Now it's different for the signature series because they have kind of set prices. So I think. Uh, what was the price? I think it's like one, what is it? One thirty or one forty to get the three of them to sign three Something jokers. Like and that. then yeah, I think it's 80 individually for Jeff. So mm -hmm. it'll be a nice little chunk of change spent, but I'm, I'm very excited to do it and I'm happy to do it. Uh, the, to me, the most nervous thing is sending those in the mail. Oh God, I'm terrified. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be fine. Mine, mine took about two months and they're all good. Yeah. But yeah I, um, I guess real quick before the end of the episode, there's just one thing I want to mention on a redhead. Ella. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, well, two things actually. One, Roy Harper's in this issue, like a time traveling Roy Harper. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, the only really dialogue he has is he just joins for a fight for like a few pages and then he goes back to his time. But before, when he goes back, uh, Jason calls his name. He's like, Roy. And he turns around and goes, Oh, hey, what's up? And he goes, You, you forgot this and gives him his hat. And he's like, All right, well, see you in the future. And then Jason just goes, Absolutely. And then walks away. So, oof. The dialogue was a little worse than that, to be honest. <laughs> I just don't want to say it. Well, first off, he says, Hey, future Jaybird, what's up? So, uh, you know, you get the idea. Uh. Yeah. Um, one thing that's a little weird. Last or two issues ago, Bizarro came face to face with Trigon, and they're going to fight. Bizarro kills Trigon, which is a little odd to me. I feel like that's a little... That shouldn't happen. Trigon being like the god of the underworld <laughs> and bizarro being a superman clone That's but bizarre. they oh. fought and bizarro won and the issue ended with bizarro choosing to be king of the underworld so he chooses that because if he, if there's no king then the demons of the underworld will just go to earth and kill everyone so he's like oh, i'll be king so the issue ended with him sitting on a throne which was kind of weird there's one issue left and then lobdell's done so you know <laughs> Give it like a five, four, maybe five. Batman Superman Annual Number One also came out. I give it like a five. It was just a filler issue of Mixy Pitladic arguing who's better, Batman or Superman, with Batmite. That was the whole issue. So I was like, all right, well, filler. Besides that, that's all the comics I read this week. Yeah, uh, just real quick. Um, the the Batman Joker War Zone one. Uh, it was basically just a collection of stories teasing what's coming in 2021. So uh, the first story is 
kind of about Joker versus Bane and setting up some stuff for 2021. So mm-hmm. uh, Bane's return coming next year. Uh, I thought it would be more of a wait before we see Bane, considering the way you know City of Bane ended. Yeah, I just I felt like you know it probably would have been better to put some distance between it, but you know we'll see. Um, and awesome. then uh, we get the first story from John Ridley, uh, who is the uh, guy who's going to be writing Luke Fox's Batman mm-hmm. for that. Uh, series uh he, he wrote a batwing story um i i kind of just you know getting used to writing the character it was interesting so we'll, we'll see uh you know if it goes we'll see where he takes it yeah where, where where it'll go um and then there's some there were some other stories that kept saying like coming in 2021 one of which was uh spoiler and uh cassandra kane which is very nice because uh cassandra kane's back in the batgirl suit which to me is like uh, i love her as batgirl and same her stay as batgirl so same uh, the, the final panel was uh really cool between them and uh yeah they both had bats on their chest i like that so uh oh so, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, maybe more to awesome. be coming and and williamson wrote that one by the way so cool uh uh anyway there's, there's one uh one more story uh it was about poison ivy basically the story ends with poison ivy calling herself queen ivy on a crown or on a throne rather and it said uh to be continued in 2021 Okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll find out more with DC News Slate. I'm guessing a mini series about Ivy again. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking maybe like something to do with Harley, or maybe something uh, to be to be in the main mm. bad title. I don't know. I read her mini series actually when New Fifty Two was ending. It was six issues. Did you? It was, or no, it was it was in Rebirth. Maybe when Rebirth what? first started, or when New Fifty Two ended. It was like 2015, 2016. She had a six I, issue mini I, I, I know. Bad. I know her and Harley had the one post Heroes in Crisis. I. I didn't read that one. I didn't read that I, it one. It started no. at like the same week as Flash Forward, but I didn't read no, it. No, I didn't read that one. I think I read issue one, if anything. But Poison Ivy had a mini series, maybe six issues, and I read it. And I remember enjoying it, too. I thought it was actually pretty good. It was before mm. Hero Story, though. So Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's the episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> Longer uh, than I thought. thought. In the episode mm-hmm. that we thought would have like no time, ended up going uh, a little bit over. Who knows? Almost an hour uh, and a half. Yeah. Almost an hour and a half. Jesus. Uh, anyway, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review. If you're listening anywhere else, we appreciate a follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, just a reminder, Indiegogo, our comic, if you could help it out in any way, we truly appreciate it. Anything helps. Yes. And uh, even just spreading the word really helps. So thank you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's the episode. So uh, for Hero Story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. What?